dumb for having Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast, mid-season review, episode 32, part 2. Um, this is the double podcast weekend version where we're going through the club um, and the players individually and um, and telling you what we think, telling you, giving you a rating um, out of 10 for these boys um, and just finding out how we think the season's gone so far um, and what we're, what we're really hoping to see for the remainder of the year. Uh, a bit later in this episode, I'm going to give you my top three most influential moments of the year as well, or things of the year. Um, with me is Scotty. Hello, everyone. And... Uh, yeah, I can't believe I get to see Grant for a second day in a row. Yay! <laughs> We're all excited. Uh, but we promised two episodes, so here we are. On here we are. Now Sunday morning, and we're doing episode two. So yep. we had the thought of maybe doing both at once, but we just ran out of time. So here we are, second Back episode on a, on a Sunday on a morning. rainy Melbourne morning, but that's cool. <laughs> that's fine. So look, uh, previously we were obviously going through each of the playing list. Um, I hope you got some insight into that. Uh, I've already got some comments that I was a little harsh. I'll take that on board. And there were some fours. <laughs> there were some fours out of ten in there. <laughs> Didn't go down well. But that's fine. You know, I mean, that's, that, the, beauty of, the beauty of it is, that, I mean, that's what footy is. It's all opinions, isn't it? So yep. how people see things, um, I'm more than happy to discuss with anyone how they saw things. But yep. let's go straight into David Myers. The Mushtaka. Um, David Myers. Now... David Myers has been a really good servant of the club. I mean, that sort of sounded like past tense then. Um, but David Myers is a great servant of the club. We asked David to do a lot. Um, we asked David to be the big-bodied mid. Um, we asked him to do quite a lot. And we rely heavily a lot, heavily on that man's left leg. Look, I think David Myers... Um, he's He's been good um, this season, I think. but He's been... Better than people are giving him credit for. That's my personal opinion. Yeah, I agree. I, I, not that he's starring. I'm not. I'm not fooling anyone. But no. uh, he, he, like, even in his last game, he's he 28 disposals, and he did a lot of brutal work for our mids. And he actually shut down beams. So he actually beat beams, and, and that's no mean feat. Uh, so his his games are actually better than um, uh, than what's broadcasted. So a lot of people think he's kind of in the way of Dylan Clark, and that's kind of the messaging I've seen on social media. I understand that message, but that's no fault of him. He can only play the game that, that's presented in front of him and the coach picks him. Yep. And and to be honest, he's been okay. Yeah. Um, he, he's nowhere near starring, but boy, he's he definitely hasn't lowered his colours dramatically either. No. So He gives you that experience in the side too. Yeah. That you can only bring so many of these kids in um, at the expense of experience and decision-making from experienced people. So um, Dave Myers, I'm going to give... And I'm going to give a good solid seven. Um, yeah, I, seven, seven and a half. I was going 6.5, So, but that's... Maybe seven, six point five to seven. I'm, I'm happy with that. Yeah, because I mean, he's he's he asked he does exactly what the coach asks of him. So um, we we love Dave Myers. So Cal Hooker, Cal Hooker. What can now, you say? I'm quite optimistic on Cal Hooker as far as a good score. I'm, I'm going to give him an eight out of ten, maybe even eight point five, because I I feel like he obviously wanted to play forward this year. The through circumstances, he's gone down back, played his old all Australian role. And played as an All Australian, so I'm, um, I just wrapped with how he takes on whatever's best for the club, exactly, right. and, and does everything for the club. So he went last year, kicked forty goals. This year he's back to All Australian type footy at down back. So 
it's just a wonderful player. Like, yeah. he's just a solid player. Uh, so I'm going to give him an eight or an eight point five. Yeah, I'm going. I'm going. A, a, I'm going a really solid nine for Cal Hooker because you you couldn't ask for a a better clubman. He does exactly what the coach asks him to do. I think they love the fact that he can take the marks that he he can take. So that's why he would look great in the forward line. But Kale understands that he's he's an all Australian back. He's a he's a reasonable forward. He's an all Australian back. Yeah. And when you put him down there with the likes of Hurley and Ambrose when he's fit and the like, someone like Jordan Ridley will stand much taller with Kale Hooker around him and much taller with Hurley around him. So I just think he's he's a he's a nine in my books and he's an all Australian um, back. I think that is now officially set in stone. I think so. So we love that. So the. I guess the guy next to him, Patrick Ambrose. Patrick Ambrose. Uh, always the elite runner of the club, and, and that's where his value is as a defender. I know Mark Harvey sees him as quite critical in shutting guys like a Rewald, those kind of running forwards. So that's his that's his area of expertise, really, for us at, at Essendon. He does that very well. He's obviously had a injury-plague season, so it's very hard to give him a score. Yeah. He was, he was slightly struggling like the rest of the team when he... When he was playing, but that was probably due to our midfield being really poor. Absolutely. In that that first five six games, so they got bombarded with um with inside fifties. So it's a very hard one to score. Look, I I don't know whether to not score or just give him a five or a six because it's kind of serviceable, but but it's very hard to know now that he's been out of footy for a bit. So uh, I just know he's definitely a required player at the club. I, I agree with what you said. I'm, I'm going to put Paddy Ambrose almost, probably not quite, but almost in the same uh, class as Marty Gleeson. I put Marty Gleeson as an extremely important person in our back line. I, when Paddy Ambrose is up and running and our midfield is performing like it is now, um, Paddy Ambrose is a very important player for us because he's... You do a he's, good shutdown role. Yeah, he's very mo- mobile... Um, he's very able to um, do that shutdown role. He can absolutely, he's strong enough. He can stick with the defenders. I think he gives us a, a very big option. Like Kale's not exactly going to um, beat Usain Bolt in a race. Um, Hurls, is, Hurls has got that um, mobility as well. But Paddy Ambrose is stroving from halfback across the ground to the other halfback, up to the ground, following yeah. the, the forward is really important. So again, it's tough to give him a, it's tough to give him a rating, but especially when the mids were just, we were getting beaten so badly. The ball was coming into the to the um, the opposition's forward line in such a way that the backs had no chance. So, look, man, I mean, yeah, I'd give him around that six mark as well. Yeah, um, he's one of the one of the rare defenders that has an actual midfield type engine. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was so always him. You can and run Stance. all day. Yeah, yeah, him and Stance can be running all day. Mister, right. Le- you go for this one. Yeah, Jaden Laverde. <laughs> all right, I've got I've got some things to say about Jaden, and I think this this Maybe goes to later one of my, on. Yeah, one of my influential moments of the of the um, the season so far. Jaden Laverde. If you look at this bloke, he's he can jump clean out of a gym. He's athletic. He's got an AFL body. I just don't think we are using Jaden Laverde to the best of his abilities. Um. He's been injury prone. I appreciate that. But um, I think he's a forward. He's a high half forward or he's a he's a forward of some description. And I think we, we put him on flanks and we put him... Uh, we, we end up sort of putting him through the midfield a little bit. I don't, I don't think we use Jaden Laverde in the position where he needs to be for a period of time. It's like you look at Langford. Langford... 
Is he, is he, was he a forward? No. Okay, we're going to try and make him a midfielder. So we put him in the VFL and we play him in the middle. That's it. We play him yeah. in the middle. With Jaden, what is he? Is he a high half forward? Is he a midfielder? What is he? Because if he's a mid, sorry, if he's a forward, chuck him in the forward line and leave him there. And then when he comes up to the ones, put him in a forward pocket and let him run out of there or something. Because I just, Jaden, I think I'm only going to give, it's going to be tough because he's injured. But I'm only going to give Jaden like a five, five and a half, because I don't think he's been given the ability to shine in the position he needs to to shine in. Yeah, it's it's Jaden Laverde's whole journey this year has probably been a little bit club not handling well, and that's that's with the the obviously the hamstring injury where he played in the preseason game and and they actually played him knowing that he had hammy tightness, and that was I'll say disappointing to say the least. Uh, so he, he has every right to be a little bit frustrated himself. And look, I'm going to a little bit be on a different slant with you on this one. I don't see him as a forward because I generally don't think he can kick for goal. Uh, and Problem is, dude, neither can Joey Danaher. Yeah, well, Joey still kicked 65-33 kind of last year, but I, I just don't... Like, this is me personally... To me, I only see Laverde working as a mid, or I see him being traded. Oh no! Oh, dude, come on now. It's, yeah. As a mid, he's I reckon he's even too tall to be a mid. Like he's okay. He's got the skills, but man, his his talent is taking marks. His jumping is athleticism and stuff like that. Like that's guy that got to be. Well, I, ha- I have to see a lot more from him as a forward. When they have played him forward, I haven't seen much to and be excited about. And the rest my case, Your Honour, that we haven't seen him as a forward. That's well, we point. have, but oh, well, when he, when, he, when he has played forward, I, I haven't seen a breakout player True. that I go, oh, that, lo- that looks like a consistent, dangerous forward. That's just me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's very hard to, because I do acknowledge his continuity. Yeah, Because of his body. Be tough, yeah. He's a little bit David Myers-like, where his body just keeps breaking down. Yep. And so it's very hard to know, you know, it, it could be completely opposite if he actually had a whole season where he wasn't injured. You could probably see yeah, a completely different player. Yeah. And I fully acknowledge that. But, Which is kind of like Langford. You're starting to see a player yeah. there. So only on the data I've got, I'm still concerned about his forward skills. And I know he wants to have a look at the midfield. So, but... You're right. He has to be settled somewhere. Yeah. We actually have to know where he wants to play. Because so. he's a high pick. I mean, him and it's a bit again with Darcy Parish. We got these high picks that were picked because Darcy's a midfielder, and we picked because yeah. Jaden's athletic, and we're going to play him. We're going to play. And him. there's only so many guys can play in the midfield. That's the other thing too. It's yeah, not, that's it's true. not like we can keep saying, "Oh, they should maybe should get a run in the midfield." Because I mean, Heppel's there. You know, you, who are they going to kick out? Yeah, that's my point. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you want the odd freaky kind of talented big bodied mid to run through there just yeah. for something different every now and then you're doing that with Stringer yeah like their string is your big freaky kind of guy running through there um, and dominating for a quarter or, or a half or something like that I don't know that we need Jaden to do that I'd, I'd love to see him running around the forward line anyway did you give him a score five five okay Dylan Clark Dylan Clark there's a player there <laughs> yeah, oh yeah so I probably mentioned on the previous podcast uh, just a, a little bit when we talked about his contract re-signing, how much he's grown uh, from last year to this year. And, and I'll be very honest, when I saw him last year, I didn't see a player at all. I, I saw him get the ball a few times in, in traffic, and I thought, okay, he's, he's got that, 
but his skill level and his the technical kicking action he had is not AFL was a level. huge concern. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now that's improved, I would say, by about fifty, sixty percent, and that's what I wanted to see this year. But what I am surprised about is how much his ball willing ball winning ability has increased, and that's been. I mean, he's leading almost the VFL and everything at the moment. So his tackles, his clearances, his ball getting is all becoming quite elite. Mm. So that was my big surprise. And, and my grade is is on that fact that I'm actually giving him a 9 out of 10. And, <laughs> and I actually say that because of who I saw last year. So if... if when I complained about Essendon development sometimes, which I can, yep. I'm not complaining about his because I really think he's been developed quite well and there must be someone... Can I? Dylan must be a person that obviously he's very driven because he's improved out of sight. Can I propose something as to why he might have grown that, that much? I reckon he might have grown that much because he's playing in the same position every single week. Like, again, Darcy, Darcy and Dylan. Darcy's better skilled than Dylan, right? Dylan's a, a, a contested mm. ball animal, and that's fine. But Darcy's more skilled than Dylan Clark. And you, you've sort of lamented the fact that Darcy's progression might have stopped a little bit or stalled a little bit because they're playing him on a wing and they're playing him on a half-forward flank and they're yeah, playing yeah, him all yeah. this place. So, that I mean, that's, that's beside the point. But, I mean, for me, Dylan Clark, I think... If we, we take a sort of deep breath with Dylan and go, right, how do you get as a midfielder into the Essendon senior side? Well, you've got to get contested possessions. You've got to get really um, uh, high numbers in the VFL and you're going to get a game in the AFL. Yeah. Dylan Clark's leading the AFL. Leading <laughs> the AFL. Sorry, the AFL. VFL. Um, <laughs> soon he'll be doing the AFL. Um, he's leading the VFL in contested possessions, like overall possessions and stuff like that. So, I mean, what more can the bloke do to get into the side other than leading the entire yeah. comp in possessions. And I'll answer that with what I believe the club is thinking. And mm-hmm. I won't say <laughs> any other way around it or sources or anything like that. The concern is with that kicking action, it's improved 50 or 60%. But it's still not Is good. that enough to be in the limelight of the AFL midfields? And I think that's the concern with Dylan Clark is is it enough to not be sort of I guess exposed at, at the AFL senior level where you really have some skillful midfielders oh and you, it's pinpoint stuff and, that, got and to... look I don't know the answer to that myself I'm just saying yeah, yeah, from, no, okay. some feedback I'm yeah. getting All right. they're quite happy to keep developing that area of his kicking if he keeps developing if he improves another 30% then there's a serious player coming oh, through. Oh, I agree, man. Yeah. Like he's, again, so, he's only a kid. but This is just, yeah, for it to be second year and to improve that much, it gives you a lot of confidence. Absolutely. On Darren Buick's words saying this kid will play 200 games for Essendon. That's nice. what I'll say. So, nice. 8.5 from me, 9 from you. Well nine done, f- Dylan Clark. Connor McCunner. You can do the accent. Connor- <laughs> what was that? Wee potato. <laughs> I can't do Irish accent. Oh, wow. That was really bad. That was really bad. Up the spuds. Anyway, um, Connor McKenna. Um, Man, I love him. I mean, he's dead set turned into the player that we were hoping he's going to be. Yeah, he really takes the game on, but he's kicking. Field goal kicking around the midfield now has really improved. He's and that's that thing, man. The Irish guys with the feel, I, I, you, they place. I reckon everybody should look at the Irish blokes kicking the football because 
they place the ball on their um, on their boot. They are really pinpoint accurate. Yeah. I mean, that's it shows you by the fact that they trust um, Connor to be kicking out from full back mm. now. Like, it does show you the advantage because it's happened so many times with the Irish guys of learning to kick from a blank canvas. Yes, I agree. Where, yeah, yeah, where an actual development coach can go, great, I can get you to hold the ball. Right do from every, the way we right want from you. from the way you go yeah. and let that be... As opposed to your dad or your mum yeah. teaching you to kick like this or like that. And he's he's a really good kick. So he's still got just the um, nuances of the game and yeah, everything like that. a little that. bit of still, awareness. Still, still to go. Yeah. But it is improves every year. So... Uh, look, I, I'm wrapped with how he does things. I'm wrapped. He, he he can take on the game maybe sometimes way too much. Yeah, but bit, yeah. I love that's his nature, though. That helps the club, though, that that's his nature. Yep. Uh, so I'm going to give him a 7.5. Nice. I, I've got Kenna, uh, Kenna, Connor. Um, he's he's starting to get a, a touch of the, the midfield... Um, touch of the midfield... Uh, skills and sort of craft about him i've been yeah. over some of the times when i've seen him in open play in the middle of the ground like you can see him stop and have a look and take a couple of side steps then hit somebody on the run like i tell you what connor's really um improving for me yeah. i've got him at 8.5 because between him and Saad across our back line and with bj on on the back as back line as well there's three players that are doing what i reckon backman should try to do take the game on run through the lines I run reckon, through the lines is really critical it's hugely critical yeah. and okay he gets caught every now and then because he gets a little ambitious but um but it's courageous too i don't think it's ever classed that as that as an as an act like when we talk about shepherding and 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 hard tackles and everything actually taking on a an opponent and going around him is is actually courageous because you can look really foolish absolutely i mean but it helps us structurally oh hugely yeah to break break down defensive walls exactly and you look at andy mcgrath i wish Andy McGrath is entirely capable of doing exactly that. And when he's playing down back, I want him to have a look at Connor and Sardi and and yeah. and take on that time. Um, and he the has player. that ability, yeah. And he's doing. He's starting to do it now. So we we'll just right. we just spoke. Look, we probably don't need to speak about it much. We just spoke about him before. But Darcy Parish, exactly what you said before. Um, the club haven't since he played in 2016 as a midfielder. Looked comfortable. Looked good. Uh, two seven, 2017. His role just got a little bit funny because of Job and everyone coming back. He started to play a high forward flank, a bit on the wing, and I never felt he's settled since then. I, no, I genuinely believe I he thinks he needs to be under the ball, yep. uh, and that's where he loves to play, and I don't think he's settled as yet. Um, I'll actually say I know he doesn't, but I, I'll just say <laughs> for... Yeah, it's enough for, for the inside <laughs> knowledge, Scotty. Enough for the inside knowledge. I'm not sure. Yeah, he, he needs to understand that he's a rover and I think that's where he's desperate to play. Yeah. And um, that's so... His progression has kind of stalled for me. It hasn't got worse and it hasn't got better. Yep. And... And for a pick five in his third year, you actually need it to go a bit better. Yeah, I agree. So I'm going to give him a six out of ten. Um, and I look, he's got enormous, enormous promise. He's got to tie up his kicking, no doubt. Uh, but outside of that, I still think there's a genuinely really good player. And we're just going to tap into what he does best more as a club. Yeah, agree. I, I think Darcy's, like you said, he's a high draft pick. He's a genuine midfielder. This year's, I think the, the end of this year when Essendon have already said they're going to be active during the trade period. Yep. I think that trade period for Darcy is going to be very important because if we start 
going out and sourcing midfielders again, yeah, it's not looking good for Das. But yeah. I mean, I, he's been playing in the VFL for a while. He's been doing okay. And he's a he's a midfielder every day of the week. We got to get him into the middle. Um, I'm going to give him a seven because he hasn't done anything wrong. Um, but I just yeah, I think from your right, Scotty. I think we've um, the, it's stalled a little bit. Yeah. Um, Jerry Denaher. Joey D. Uh, look, uh, I almost feel like not giving him a score because, in light of news that he played with OP for the first half of the year, and then we've obviously not played the second half of the year. Uh, it really is a case of um, he... I can't really give him a score, to be honest, because I feel like now, now that we know that news, he has every right to have probably struggled a bit and not move as well. And that's what we saw. We didn't see him move well. We saw him not kick as well as he ever has. And and now I've got to believe that, well, that's actually due to the, his OP. And so I, I can't... I don't want to... Mark him harshly because he's not, um, yeah, he it's not, it may not be his fault of his own. So, I'm look, I'm just gonna go five out of ten. Yeah, and, I think and, you're right. And like, he obviously hasn't played well, and, and but there's that reason for it. So, it's let's just hope it sounds like he's gonna be rested for the end of the year. That's yeah, the gut feel. I, I reckon they will. He, he's obviously saying, look, I'll hope, I'll, I'll hope to get back in six weeks. He's already said, though, that it hasn't gone but, as well as he would like. Yeah, and but, but let's be cautious. If, if, if Especially if, if, hopefully not, this is not the case, but say we lose two of the next three and we're d- definitely not making finals, shut up shop. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. We don't, we don't risk a bloke like that. Look, for me, yep. he's one of the, he's, he's got the ability to be one of the elite forwards in the comp. Um, I think... Like you said, between his um, injury issues and the fact that the forward line hasn't clicked this year for whatever reason, and our midfield is only now just starting to, to click yeah. into gear, it's real hard to judge Joey D. He's absolutely um, he's absolutely got the ability to do um, what we need him to do, yeah. and I sincerely hope that, uh, yeah, like you said, if there is anything resembling OP or a nagging something with that bloke, just put him away. Yeah. Seriously, put him away. Um, get him, send him over to Job's um, cafe in New York. Get him to have a chill, and we'll see you first game next year, Joey. Yeah. And look, we'll go on to the play that's always talked about the most. One here of the at most the lu- controversial. Here at the lunchtime po- catch up podcast, I must admit we're massive supporters of number nine, Brendan Goddard. We understand the criticism. I understand when he does a hurl or a kick. It is the biggest hurler usually of the game. Because it's out of the back line and it's invariably he's trying to find targets in the middle of the ground to be attacking. And if it doesn't work, we're it, in trouble, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's usually a goal kicked against. And, yeah. And look, I get all that and 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 I get all the pointing and, and everything like that. But I just still can't escape the fact how passionate he is about the club when he plays, how much he's driven to win how much he wants the club to have elite standards. And because that fits in with my personality as far as what I want from my club, I just love the guy. Like, I just can't help it. I, But he's also contributing a heck of a lot. Like, take it the howler away. He's always over 20 possessions. He's always, he's always setting up a lot of plays. And he's pretty consistent. He, he's a veteran player. But I think the players respect him more than than maybe what the fans think. I don't think at the club he has the reputation internally to what fans may think externally. 
of how the media and I'm going to build it up. I think, dude, to, to expand on exactly what you just said, I think Brendan... He, well, I know. He's a, he's a senior player. He's played... What, has he played 250 or close? He's, he's a senior player in the AFL and he's a senior player at our club. Brendan, off his own bat, because he's exceptionally skilled left and right foot, by the way, um, Brendan takes the, the uh, responsibility onto his shoulders in our back line to make the tough decisions to try to attack out of the back line. Yeah. And you know what? If if Marty Gleeson did it or Adam Saad did it or Conor McKenna did it and made some howlers and stuff, they, they could be crucified, right? The player could be crucified. But because we've got a senior bloke down there who can um, take the responsibility of of looking for that tough kick, looking to attack from the middle. And if it doesn't come off, he'll accept it. Yeah. Right. And he's going to put his 250 games and his seniority within the club up in front of them press and up in front of the media to say, well, that was a howler. Yep. Fine. Absolutely. I'll put it on my shoulders and we'll do it. I love the bloke because of the other half of what you said, Scotty, is that Essendon has been inconsistent and has not had um, a, consistently high standard we've just tried i think over the yeah. last few years we've we've coasted along as a club brendan doesn't want it he wants us to be elite he wants us to take the next step and i think that kind of attitude can sometimes come off as a bit of pointing and pretzel slapping and that sort of stuff but yeah. i bet you the players respect him for it yeah um even when he does get in their face and tell them what they need to do um i i love him a lot i'm giving brendan goddard nine because he takes a bloody lot of, of um, uh, responsibility in our back line um, and he, he's, I mean, he could, he, he would have come to Essendon and said, I want to play mid, I want to play forward flank, I want to kick some goals. Yeah. But he's down in our overworked back yeah. line um, and is uh, is getting hammered every now and then. So I've given the man a good solid number on his back, nine. I'm, well, I'm not too far. I'm giving him an eight. Just, yep. it, it, and, um, the only reason I probably dropped a number is on his own self-admittance that he needs to actually pressure the the ball a bit more and, and get, yeah. get into tackling. That's it's only a small thing, but just yeah, to, to get involved in the play. Look, just one more before we go to a break. We'll go to Mark Bagley. R- I guess redefined his whole role this year at the club by going forward, um, which has really proved to be quite a masterstroke. So really, the, the at least a couple of those games, he's had a huge effect on the outcome of the game. So I'm really wrapped for Mark, actually. One of those players... 100% will give everything, bleed, break his bones, oh, whatever, for the throw club. Throw himself at so the, at the I, ball. I, I always hope fans are just totally, totally honour this guy. Even if he has a bad game, it's never by lack of desire. No, exactly right. <laughs> he, he'll do anything for the for the club. And, and he ain't yeah. as young as springtime anymore, No, no. Right? He's, so, obviously, he's obviously not as quick as he used to be. Um, he, he, got sh- he struggled a little bit at the start of the year in the, in the back line. Um, and Matt, that may be down to a little bit of pace um, or just lack of form like the rest of the club. Yeah, I think that's it. Look, I'll, I'm going to give him a 7 out of 10 by redefining himself and yep. and 7 being the positive of how he can have a big impact on the club second half of the year. I 100% agree with everything you, you said, pretty much. Uh, I, I think he's, he's given himself an extra year at the club. He's... Um, in this role, I think it, there's a role for this in the in the AFL at the moment. The shutdown forward, I think, it makes the forwards wonder where he is. If yep. there's a bloke there whose primary job is going to be to tackle you every time you touch the ball, yep. then I reckon it keeps the forwards well and truly on their toes. And mate, there'll be there'll be photos and pictures of Mark Bagley on the wall at um the the at Tullamarine. I think he's going to be an absolute club legend. He has 
given his everything for the club. And again, everybody, I think, this year has to take the first half of this year or the first six games of this year um, as, uh, uh, as something a bit different because we were getting hammered and the club wasn't playing the way we were supposed to be playing. So someone like Mark Bagley... Um, was absolutely getting hammered for that fact. But if they've switched him forward and that works, then all good things. Yep. All right. Well, we're going to go to a quick break, fellas and girls. So, fellas and girls, yeah. <laughs> we'll go to that a quick break. That's me why I said that. That's okay. It's early on Sunday morning. Um, <laughs> I'm still half asleep. Absolutely. We'll go to a quick break and we'll come back with the rest. Back to the lunchtime catch-up podcast. So the next player on the list we've got is Joshy Green. Yes, well, he's probably just on the outside of my best twenty-two personally. Yeah, I agree. Yep. Uh, and that's not to put him down too much because obviously he plays a pretty good role when he's actually in the team. Very dangerous forward, crafty forward. Not sure he's overly set the world on fire this year, but. Again, one of the one of the people that have suffered from the bad forward structure. Yeah, again, yeah, and that's fair to be honest. Uh, I do like the fact that when he went, um, come back through the VFL, put in some really good games, made his way through into the seniors again. So he's always dangerous for his one or two goals. That's kind of how he is, how he is. He's gonna sometimes be a little bit goal hungry <laughs> for yeah. my for my liking, um, but I kind of feel like. He's a good pickup, though. Yeah, I kind of feel like about a five point five. Hasn't really set the world on fire, but hasn't hasn't six and a half for me. I mean, six and a half for for Joshy is, I, I think, it's fair for me. I'd he's like you said. He's I don't know if he's in our best twenty two. When you go to Razio and Waller, if Waller's performing and Razio's performing somewhere as crummers around in the in the forward line, um, then I'm picking those guys over Joshy. However, put him in the side, and you you. Again, a solid performer. Um, can go missing every now and then, but um, very, very good when he gets the ball and he's in there to kick goals. So, and that's what he'll do for you every now and then. So, six and a half for Joshy, and um, yeah, absolutely. So, yep. the, the next one we got Michael Hurley, the big boy. Interesting um, one, this one, isn't it? It's, yeah, it really is. It, it's. It, I see it in two parts. How was he defensively? Pretty good. Yeah, I'd probably give him an eight, eight point yep. five out of ten. Yep. How is he with ball in hand? Plus Uncharacteristically not un- good. It's just odd. It's just yeah. yeah. So you've played more towards the 5 or 6 out of 10. So with that, I'm probably going to give him a 7 out of 10. Yeah, I'll agree with that. And look, he's a fantastic player. And he's one of those ones I'm not even concerned. Like, there's been a little bit over the top on social media about Michael Hurley being traded. Oh, I know, please. But I, not on your Nelly. No be, way. I know you're not a big social media person, but you'd be surprised how many times I've seen it. Oh, uh, that's just insanity. Um, but no, he is an All-Australian defender. He will be fine. He will com- come back to full form. His last two weeks have been more than fine. Absolutely. And this is where everybody needs to take that deep breath about the first six games <laughs> where Essendon wasn't Essendon. I don't know what the hell was going on with the club, mm. but everybody, front to back, back to front, um, were d- 
disposing of the ball badly. They were nervous. They were kicking it sideways. Even the confidence of an All-Australian in Michael Hurley, who disposes of the ball um, with the ball very well. He um he was kicking badly and it was yeah. very uncharacteristically Michael. Yeah. Now again, I'm gonna give these guys um some credit because the ball was coming in with monotonous regularity and it was coming into their advantage. It wasn't like the opposition yeah. was stream sorry, was snapping over their shoulder into the um forward fifty where someone like Hurley eats that stuff for breakfast, yeah. right? It, the mid, the opposition midfield and the opposition wingers and half uh, forward flankers had time to put it down the throat of the oppositions and the like. So, and whenever the hell we got it in their back line, they were un, they were in trouble, they were under pressure, and and their possession struck, uh, suffered for it. Um, yeah, I, I reckon yeah. Hurley's fine. Sorry about Hurley, and I swear that the, whoever says to trade Michael Hurley, you've got rocks in your head. Um, <laughs> that bloke's an all Australian defender. Collingwood literally threw the kitchen sink at him this um, uh, past season. Eddie McGrath said it on Triple M a couple of times. They offered Essendon everything for uh, Michael Hurley nice. because big-bodied key defended key defenders like him that are all Australian are as rare as rocking horse doo-doo and we would be in massive problems without Michael Hurley so um, yeah absolutely legend of the club yeah and it's you know when we move on to the next guy I just will say this line sometimes you just have to let guys be out of form and not panic yeah that's the thing it's just it's just some it's going to happen in everyone's career so and and we're leading to the next exactly one perfectly. The perfect segue is the captain Dyson Heppel, and he's the he again is the perfect example uh, where I'm going to score Heppel quite high, and and the reason I say this is because one he puts in everything possible every game. That's clear. Uh, his kicking for his own admission was way off uh, in the first six or seven games, but I do like the fact. He stopped and became what I believe is the official captain of the Essendon Football Club, where he spoke to the young group, said, hey, on behalf of the leaders, we need to get better. We need to we need to get better as leadership and, and develop you guys better and talk to you guys better. He told, the, any, he told every player at the club, if you're not willing to do these one percenters, do these little things, stick to the structures, you might as well play VFL. Massive for me, that statement. Yeah. So in light of that, and then since that statement, he has been in our top three almost every week. Absolutely. So, I mean, Talk that Brisbane Lee. game, you could almost, it sounds not sounds crazy because he only played half a game, you could almost have given him a vote. Mm. How dominant he was in that first, yep. first quarter and a half against Brisbane. Talk so, about leading from the front. Man, yeah. like D- Dyson Heppel, I mean, he's he's getting nine, nine and a half from me because yeah. at the start of the year, he had the same yips that everybody else had. And w- w- no one knows what the hell those yips were. And the the his dis- disposal looked bad. He was trying hard, but it was it was ugly looking. Yeah. And since that time, he's he w- I reckon he would have gone gone away and had to think about it. He went and spoke to the kids. He's spoken to the senior blokes. He's put himself in the front of the of the media to say, yeah, if you're not going to play for the club, you're in the twos. He's apologised for the kids, for the seniors not um, leading by example. Man, what else can you ask from a captain? So he gets he was like a seven for me, seven and a half. But those extra couple of points for me come from the yeah. fact that he has been the definition of a ca- of a captain. I'll agree. His last month has, has put me up to a nine. So, well done. Well done, Dyson. Uh, Jordan Houlihan, a young player. Yeah. For, for those who don't know much about him, 
he was one of our top recruits at the end of last year from South Australia. High, high leaping marking forward, only kind of mid size. So think almost when Carl Hardingham went down to the forward line for one year. Nice. That kind of that kind of athletic yeah. forward marking player uh, has a world of ability. Just is very raw. So he's just one of those players you go. He'll definitely need to be developed. And is he a project? Yeah, bit of a project player, but there, there is something there. There is talent there. So, look, I can only give him a 5 out of 10 from what I've seen in the VFL, uh, but he does give you that glimpse of a few moments of, of like, oh, this kid's got something. So he's a name I just can't help think will be more prominent in one or two years' time. Absolutely. I mean, if, he's, if this kid's got something about him, and a, a couple of games that we've seen him play, he's fair income can jump out of the gym. Like, he's well and truly got the athleticism in there. So I guess, yeah, I mean, the, the club will be looking at him going, oh, I wonder if we can. I wonder if we can we can sneak a player out of you. So yeah. um, keep it up, Jordan, mate. I mean, just just keep playing. I'm giving him sort of five, five and a half as well. Um, and man, I hope, he, I hope he gets a game next year. I really do. Yeah, and Speaking of South Australia, we go on to Mason Redman. An the, absolute favourite of the lunchtime catch-up. Yeah, look, you have to know this guy to know why he's a favourite and why he's a favourite at the club. Just sheer determination, likability, everything you want from a player's mentality you love when you talk to him. And, and it's kind of coming out in his play this year. Probably hadn't had a semi game for a couple of years and he must have self-doubted himself about where his footy career was going. Especially this year. Couldn't get a game in the JLT. Couldn't get no. um, anything. when he Man, yeah. he deserved one. And look, in the VFL, he's been so good. I mean, as much as everyone was talking about Francis the last six to eight weeks, Mason Redman has been just as good. So he deserved every ounce of getting promoted. 100% agree. And then to and do then, it, Yeah. And then to almost get a vote. It, I, I, seriously. I, man, what did he get? If he had a top five, five yeah, if you had a top five or six, he would have been in my fifth or sixth. So I agree. 24 possessions, really used the ball well. And you know what? I mean, he was sort of a forward. I thought it was like a like a, a tallish back or a forward was where we sort of drafted him. Yeah, high half forward. High half forward is when we drafted him. And, and like he's been playing through the mid. And we've, we've tried him in the VFL through the mid. I tell you what, during that game, man, like he was everywhere. Yeah. I didn't know he had that engine for a start off. Like he's... He was all over the shop, making good decisions, yeah. um, picking up 20-odd. He looked just like a very capable midfielder. Yeah, so it'll be really interesting to see how he goes in the second half of the year. Look, I'm going to give him a, a an 8 out of 10 for just sheer determination and how he's performed in the VFL. Actually, I'll give him an 8.5. You hey, know what? okay. So he's... he was a player that most people just thought might be let go. Yeah, in, yeah. Because all, all signs pointed yeah, to it. Now that's not so much the case. And he's worked his butt off to be that to be that way. So all credit to him. And congratulations to Mason because it must be satisfying to be able to, to keep your head down and your bum up and do what he's done in the VFL, racking up possessions, um, moving into that midfield role, moving into a, not midfield, but moving into a more mobile role, really trying to display his skills. And he has, and the club's given him an, an opportunity. And it's rare. Sometimes yeah. you can get that opportunity and get seven possessions and do not much. But man, to come out and get 20-odd, really do a good job. Yeah. I'm giving him an eight as well. I think, oh, you go in 8.5. I'm going to give him an eight. Um, just like you said, through sheer determination, that is the that is the kind of personality you want to promote through a club. Exactly. Um, a bloke that can, yeah, put all the effort into the VFL and then step up when you need him to. 
So we go to a, on to another promising young player in Brandon. My man, Brandon Circa Thatcher, the uh, Maggie, <laughs> yeah. Maggie Thatcher. And look, I know we have a big international audience and interstate audience, so they don't have the luxury of seeing the VFL. So I, I, these why sometimes I wanted to paint a little bit of a picture for you. Uh-huh. Uh, he plays sort of a, as a tall half backish role. Great mark. Um, he's look. He's not far away from a Jordan Ridley as far as talent at yep. all. Uh, really big play coming through for a very late pick again. Yeah. Uh, Dodoro did very well on his late picks this time. Okay, and well, the next person up is a pure example. Uh, so this kid have really has something. He's playing really well. Great hands. Just fantastic hands. He'll be a he'll be a senior player. I just have no doubt. Yeah, absolutely. Whether it's for us or anyone, but he'll be a senior player. Seriously, he's, he's yeah. as thin as a, as a piece of spaghetti. He needs a bit minute. of preseason. That's a problem, like, right? Yeah. I mean, he's as like thin Ridley. as... Like Ridley. Yeah, absolutely, like Ridley. I mean, they, they really just kept knocking the door down, though. I mean, his disposal is elite. And But my, my man, the Zerk, is... Yeah, I, he's got everything an AFL footballer needs. Yeah. He's got a body that's going to look good um, when it gets um, a couple of kilos put on it. Um, he's got great hands already. He can... Um, yeah, he can play back. You could put him forward. He's got the tallness that you want to have yeah. in, a, in a defender. Uh, absolutely next year. I mean, it probably won't be this year. I'll, I'll, I'll be honest. But, I mean, I reckon next year, as a succession plan, as a tall back, uh, he's. I reckon he yeah. absolutely plays next year. So, if you can, get down to the VFL and have a look at my man, the Zerk. Yeah, number 30. And we're going to go to number 35. My surprise of the year. Absolutely. By probably outside of Redmond is Matt Guelphie. Iceman. Again, a pick in the seventies from from Perth. Just I knew nothing about this kid. Overlooked in three uh, drafts, and how he has played this many games is to my surprise. But then each game he's getting better and better. Has bigger presence every game. He's the king of the one percenters. Smothers tackles, pressure, and he must be a coach. I can see why Wusha keeps playing him because he's a coach's dream. He just mm-hmm. he gets tasks. I reckon. I mean, every every player gets a task throughout the game, and I think Matt Guelphie gets his and throws himself into it. I mean, I saw him take a couple of big grabs um, last week, but he's good along the ground. He's good with big grabs. He's um, he's a consistent footballer. I think this is the thing. Like you look at Matt Guelphie and you look at um, Darcy Parish, and you go, man, Guelph's not far off Darcy now. Like just in skills, you could. You could interchange those two players right now with right. with right. not much um, not much difference, which is a massive um, bonus for the Guelph. And, and not to be disparaging of Darcy, but Guelph looks like he's been around for two or three years, and that's awesome. We've look, got yeah, I read him as a kid that has been he's been he got knocked back in three drafts. So yeah. I read him as a kid that Why? has just been knocked back and knocked back and knocked back, and now that he's been given a chance. Will not let it go. But wouldn't you love to know why a bloke like that, with reasonable size, incredible hair, why wouldn't you give him a go? From from what I hear, it was it was more just he was struggling to find the ball as a junior. Really, and wow. so now it's it's completely changed. So. Man, that's the thing. Well, that's the thing. And sometimes when you they mature when you see later, him, you see that's him. exactly right. You see him mature later. So he's twenty one, so he's not like as as a kid as to others were. And I mean, this is going to go into my top three sort of um, events after we finish these reviews. But I mean. Dead set, someone needs to build a statue to Adrian Dodoro at Tullamarine. Honestly, it needs to be a 30-foot-high statue of Adrian Dodoro. You're a because, big Dodoro man, aren't Oh, you? come on, man. Like he's, He mm. finds Guelph. He finds Zach Merritt. He gets all these these <laughs> blokes with late picks. Um, it's, yeah, it's, it's an interesting one because even when we talk to... Remember we talked to Callum Toomey 
we kind of, when we kind of got the impression we're very good at late picks. Ah. And but those pick, finding the gem. Yeah, but the the lower picks we we just we haven't done particularly. Yeah, yeah, it's funny. I 100% agree. It's a very interesting Mark one. Mark Bagley out of Frankston, for goodness sake. I mean, like, yeah. we, we're doing extremely well on those things, but we get pick five and we get pick seven. <laughs> and they haven't come on as much. But actually, the jury's still out, to be honest. Well, yeah, I mean, 100% agree. Francis could absolutely tear the whole, oh, tear things apart. Oh, so, so look, we'll, we'll go on to one of my favourite plays to watch in Adam Saad. Great pickup for the club. Excellent. His last his last month oh has been sensational, and like when I talked about Conor McKenna, I love the courage that he has to take the game on, and it does take a lot of courage. But what's improved even from his Gold Coast days is his physicality around the ball. Yeah, he's he's a lot tougher and player with his man. Yeah, when it comes when the ball gets near his man. Yep, uh, and. Um, there's just so much promise here. I, I still think he may have got another level to go to. I so. don't think he's that old, is he? Like he's 20... 23, 24. 24 or something. Yeah, he yeah. a few good years left in him. I think... Look, Adam, everybody knows what Adam Saad does. Get the ball, run faster than everybody else. Yeah. Like it gives him 10, 15 metres on everybody and he's got a great left boot to, to boot. Yeah. Um, and, mate, incredible pickup. Um, Adrian, uh, just well done, mate. You've picked up a bloke that is the exact complement to Connor McKenna and makes our back line really dangerous. So... Um, I mean, can you imagine him with with the Zerk in the future? Yeah. And um, but no, Adam Saad, we give him a score. I'm going to give Adam. What? <laughs> I just realised the last three players we've hardly given scores. Have so, we not? So quickly, if I go back, so have we not? Zerk Thatcher, I'm oh, going look. to I'm going to give a seven point five. Yeah, nice, nice, even seven for me. Mac Wealthy, I'm going. We're we not giving these. <laughs> I just realised, like, what did I score him again? Uh, Matt Guelphie, I'm going to give an 8.5. 8.5, easily. Adam Saad, I'm going to give an 8.5 again. Mate, you and me on the same page again. Um, Adam Saad, 8.5, congratulations. In fact, I'm giving Zerk Thatcher a good solid 8, just because wow. he's got a cool name. <laughs> he's my man. And uh, last on the actual seniors list, Matty D. Matty D. One of those players, I'm going to give a 7 out of 10. I think he's been very solid this year when being asked to call up. I think defensively he's doing everything right. And I, I say that to really understand the, the word line, defensively. Uh, he's stopping his opponent, and that's the first part of being a defender. Uh, he's still got a little bit more to do with maybe helping us launch our attacks. But as a defender, he's actually very, very solid. One-on-one, um, -on -one, he's a very hard player to to tackle if you're the opposition. So I, I'm really liking his work this year. I think he's he's has the view of, of, of maybe the, the just the go-to guy when Francis comes in to just be kicked out. I'm not necessarily disagreeing, but I think I give him Matty D a bit more respect. They go, no, no, he is a very solid player. So uh, Francis will still have to be a very solid defender as well to keep his spot. Or Matty would come straight back in. Absolutely. Matty D's one of those blokes, again, where we've got Joshy Green and, and Lewenberger and those boys just hanging around in the VFL. Who can play AFL? Absolutely can play AFL. Matty D's the ultimate black, backup bloke. He can play on some taller guys. He can play on some smaller guys. He's missed the consistency for me. Um, I'm giving Matty an 8 because he, he does everything the club asks him to do um, when we ask him to do it, and he very, very rarely gets beaten. Yep. So, look, uh, we're not going to go into too long. Just with, quickly with the rookies, I'm just going to give them a quick score because uh, we uh, we don't want this podcast to be two hours. So, look, Longy, I'll go with my six and you go with your six as well, yep. scores. Jake Long, I'm going to give 
a five out of ten. I was hoping it was going to come on a little bit more. Yeah, in the in the last three weeks, though, there has been really good signs. So I might change it to a six point five because there is some signs that he's now starting to perform. Sam Draper, quick one again, a little bit like Longy. Was hoping he's going to develop a little bit more this year. I think what's happening with Sam Draper is the Lawnburger. Um, is almost becoming a little bit of a disservice for him, but to yeah. get him more ruckman, yeah, to get to, him more to get his ruck craft yeah. up to. Uh, so it'll be interesting at the end of the year how the club approaches that because they really need Sam to be full time ruck. But we really need Louis to yeah. be there as the backup. Right? I know yeah. it's a very tricky. So how do you develop Sam? Very big play coming through. So no issue there. I'm going to give him a six out of ten. Trent Minot, look a little bit under the radar um, at the club. In and under player. Speaks highly of him, though. Yeah, club speaks very highly of him. I'm going to give him a 6 out of 10. I won't go too much longer. Luke Lavender, really just a for very new to AFL footy, and you can tell by watching him. The most the most incredible build as an athlete, by the way. He does have good hands, just doesn't understand the nuances of the game and where to position himself. Yep. That will come through development. I'm, look, I'm only giving him a 5 out of 10, but that's he's got a lot of development to go. Ben McNeese. Not your cousin. What a great surname. Just one of the great surnames probably of the Essendon Football Club's Gets history. a couple of extra points so, purely on the... Whether on the I go 9.5 or well, 9, that's yeah. Clear. It's, I can uh, understand that. Now, look, Benny, he got given a chance around Anzac Day. Didn't take it as much as I'd hope he would take it. Has been really solid, though, in the VFL. I'm going to give a 6.5 out of 10. Sean McKernan, I actually thought, might not play seniors this footy. Yeah, neither this season. This, this, yeah. this season, sorry. Um, has actually given me a little bit of hope that the, he could be uh, a bigger player than I thought. I'm going to give him a 7 out of 10 because I think he's he's come on quite well this year. He's got his fitness base up. His attitude's a lot better. He's in he's in games at a lot longer periods. Yep. So there's some development and maturity there. He's a tease, is Shawnee so, McCurna. My man. my six, Jakey Long. I sincerely want Jakey Long to um uh, to be uh, uh to be a player. I really seriously do. I, every time I've seen him, um he he's got the skills. He's got the evasiveness. He's a beanpole again, but I don't think he's ever going to get much bigger than that. Um, look, from what I've seen in, the, in like Scotty said, the, the last few um, weeks, and he's been in the best players. Um, I, I want to see him get given a chance. To be quite honest, I really want to see what he can do at AFL level. Um, I'm going to give him a six and a half as well. I think there's absolutely a player there, Sammy Draper. Again, from watching him at the VFL, he's mobile. He knows what he's doing. He's a great tap ruckman. Um, you know what the, the old adage is, though, that the ruckman, the big dumb ruckman, take longer to um, to come along. So we've got to wait. Um, we've got to wait to for Sammy to um, to come along a bit more. Um, it's going to be interesting on how him and Louis work together. Seven and a half for me for Sammy because he's come a long way from um, from a rugby field. Um, Trent Minot, again, bit of an unknown quantity. He's thought of very highly at the club, exactly what Scotty said. Um, I, I hope I hope he comes along. I really do. Five for me because we, we just haven't seen much of the man. Um, Luke Lavender, between him and the Zerk, I think we've got two tall marking options there that I think the club really wants to grow. I think Luke Lavender, there's, again, a huge physical specimen of an arrangement. Like He's he's um, he's a good-looking bloke who can move quickly with good hands. It needs to get the ball a bit more, and like Scotty said, work on those nuances. 100% agree. 
Um, Benny, not my cousin McNeese. Um, a bit like Matty D. I just think there's we've got to, unfortunately now we've got a bit of a glut of half forwards or sort of smallish half forwards or half backs, not half forwards, half backs. We've got him and D and Saad and Connor and um, and Gleeson and those kind of guys. I think um, the the club love him. I bet you the club love him having him on in the list as a as a backup. But um, seven seven for me. Now Sean McKernan for one for me is the is the enigma. If you listen to the to the the, the commentators um, where they say um, when they talk about Sean McKernan, he's man's an enigma. He's a tease. He's got this incredible athletic ability one minute and he takes marks and presents and kicks well and does all of those things. And the next minute you lose him for a quarter and a half. Yeah. I, he stepped up into this into our forward line without Joey D and he has absolutely been serviceable. I sincerely hope we keep this bloke for the rest of his career because he's going to be, um, not going to be, I mean, he's he's been around long enough now that we know what we're going to get from him. Um, he's a serviceable footballer where you've got to chuck a half-decent defender on him. So seven and a half for me for Shawnee McKernan. There you go, folks. Uh, I'll look. So I'll that's just, the whole list. That's that's the whole list. <laughs> we finally got through it. Look, we're going to do a quick break and just close out the show with a, with Grant's top three thoughts. We're going to do we're going to do a quick um, mention of the coaches too. Just a quick yeah. just a quick how we thought the coaches are gone, and then I'm going to do my top three thoughts, um, and then you'll wrap it up. Exactly. See you after the break. Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. Scotty, we're showing our age there, mate, with a bit of young MC to bring us back in from the break. I had to do it. Uh, it's Nothing can beat a, an old 80s re- retro track. Old 80s retro track on the on the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. All right, so we wanted to do a bit of a wrap-up, a, uh, a bit of a discussion um, on the coaching staff or the coaching department in general. I know, Scotty, you've got some views on this one. So, yeah, um, obviously with all the plays that we've completed... We just want to do as a whole the the coaching department. It's definitely been the most talked about department um, coaching department that I've seen probably in the last ten years almost almost since, almost since the the news that Heard and Bomber and all them were coming on board. That was pretty big news, by the way. That yeah. was pretty big news uh, at the time. Just a touch. Uh, look, we're not naive to think that we don't know the ins and outs. So it is from afar our our views, uh, and we've expressed our views quite consistently over the year uh, about how structures are breaking down. Um, obviously, things got quite bad and it resulted in Mark Neild leaving the club. Yep. There has been an effect, if I'm honest, after that. And, and you never know the depth of how that move works, whether the coaching line has improved or really that the player's got a bit of a wake-up call that that anyone can be dropped or removed well, Jim, <laughs> Jimmy yeah. Stewart got a wake-up call yeah exactly so there's been clear messages from about four weeks ago that you know that if you're not going to obey the coach's instructions then you're out uh-huh. uh, and it's worked well <laughs> we've won three of the last four that's exactly right so look I'll, I'll spin it as a positive I like I do like coaches that at least learn on the job 
and that's the key thing. Uh, f- when we had that podcast about six weeks ago, when it was a bit, little bit dark, and it was, we were really, really bad, like real bad. I mean, I've and never, so I've confused. never seen an Essendon club structurally that bad. Com- completely confused the supporters yeah. as, Just, as yeah. to what the hell was going on. We didn't know what was going on. We we're just completely disorganised. That has changed quite a bit. If you draw a yeah. line yeah. on the top of that, since then, since then. Since really the mark kneeled and and obviously players getting omitted, um, who are not obeying instructions, there's at least a team that's going out there, and they're not our best team, by the way. Then we haven't got the Danahars, we haven't got a few players. Not Marty Gleeson, hugely important. There's a team going out there with an approach to how we would want Essendon to play their football, and and, and what Brisbane to me is a perfect example of why structure is really important because we didn't hit our targets that well that game. But what we, why we won the game is that the midfield structure and the forward structure was still in place. And, <laughs> yes. and, and so we were still a solid outfit. Our approach was to still the pressure the man, pressure the ball. And what it still did was get us a win over a team that we normally lose. Up there, up there and all. And, mean, that's, if- and that's what I want. There's, there's no way can every team play dynamic football every week. But you can give yourself a much better chance of still getting wins if your structures and organisation and effort is all is all up to scratch. Are you talking about the basics? Scott? Basically the, the basics. Absolutely the basics. And that's what we've learned. That's what I learned out of the Brisbane game. Because if you watch that Brisbane game again, watch it... Our our mentality and our approach to the game was actually really good. We tackled really well. Like the the pressure and everything was fine. We just we just didn't kick the ball that well. And that happens in games. But everything else that we've been asking to address was at least there. There was forwards at least still deep. There was there was a midfield putting pressure. They were running both ways. Uh, the, the Saab was taking the game on. McKenna was taking the game on. They were running through the lines. And when that happens, you get a better chance to win. And look, we just didn't kick straight as well, by the no, way. We missed some bad goals. Yeah. Um, but it, it gave us a chance to win by just being a sound, structured team. So on that front, I'm going to give them... What am I going to give them? Yeah, see? It's a tale of two halves, man. It's yeah. a, what, what happened before and what happened after. I have to be honest with myself. I'm going to give them a 6.5. Uh, because I really felt that was so bad. <laughs> How bad it was. But... It's, it, I would have almost given them a three or four if I'm being completely honest. Honestly, because that's the thing, yeah. man. Like the, the the way those forwards were ignored, and if I swear, if we can find, if we ever find out that we were playing Pagan's Paddock in the first half of the year, and the forwards were instructed to come mm. up to the centre line and leave literally nothing for our backs to look forward to kicking to, yep. then wow, I'm giving yep. the coaching staff two out of nothing, right? Yeah. But the, the the thing that I've got is that there is under I don't reckon in any way shape or form Wusher and the rest of those those coaches told those forwards to come up to the halfway mark so no, I mean he even yeah. said that it, would, it had something to do with the confidence in the midfield so it's for me uh, I'm going to echo pretty much everything you, you say without sort of repeating you but I mean the at the first half of the year, the players weren't listening to the to the coaches' instructions, and unfortunately, man, that's what the coaches are there to do. Yeah. They're there to motivate the players or instruct the players sufficiently that they listen to what they've um, they've got to say and they they do it. Also, from what it came out, the lines of communication from the coach to the players may have been yeah maybe. the confusing part. Yeah, as true. like going through Neil, going to Mark Harvey, then going to the player. 
the, the touch of the, the Chinese the, whispers. The, yeah, they, yeah, they had a sense where when the player got their instruction, it wasn't totally as clear as per one wish on one. Yeah. But I mean, and so okay, so if we like you said, we take that first part half of the season where I, nobody knew what the hell Essendon was doing, and, and it, it was completely not us. We had we've got an incredible list of footballers on that on the in that team. And the first half of the season was real bad. From a coaching point of view, we got out coached the players because the players weren't listening to what the coach had yep. to say. If you look at after Mark Neal's gone, and I'm sorry, Mark, but we've got to use that as the benchmark. Um, since then, mm. it's been the complete opposite, man. We've had forwards in the forward line. Yep. Our centre line hasn't had to just turn and kick the ball, hopefully, in there. We've had Sean McKernan leading out of a forward line. Waller's improved. We've got... People like Orazio when he's come back in, streaming into to goal. Connor and Saad can run from the back. Stringer, so, Stringer, those kind of guys. Stringer and those boys and girls, right? Yeah. So I'm giving them a, a, an absolute sort of solid seven, seven and a half now. Because this and the, the remainder of the, the, the season, if we see more of the same, um, I'll hit that um, eight, eight and a half for me. Because this is the kind of coaching that we know Wush is capable yep. of doing. And the players that we've got there, Harves and, and Skipworth and all those guys, we know they're capable of of, um, of coaching this side. And the, the players are now, thank you very much, Dyson Heppel, um, that they have bought into the message that's coming all the way from the coach, yep. through the captain, and onto the ground. So, hugely improved coaching staff. Um, first half of the season, we'll draw a line over it. Yep. But, um, yeah, re- really happy now. Just to end this subject, one key thing that I really, really liked is that this is, for me, almost the first time this year, we went to the Brisbane game with an approach to work over Dane Beams, their best player. Yep. Previously, we've been calling out. And it can't doesn't have to necessarily be a tag, but put everything onto him. Yeah. Thump him in the ground, like pressure, tackle. Buddha Hocking did yep. it for 10 and, years. And, and, and as Robert Shaw rightly called out, Myers and, and Langford did that role. They did it to a tee. That was the first time tactically we looked at the opposition and said who could really hurt us. Yep. And we and we implemented it and they didn't hurt us. And it worked. So so a lot of things are getting better. Yeah. So yeah. so it gives me more optimism for the second half. Absolutely. Now what do you want to go through next? We'll do let's do a very quick run through of the VFL just quickly and we'll go to your final yep, three. Sure. So look, I won't be too long because it's been over an hour. <laughs> the VFL, I'm giving a 9 out of 10. We're third on the ladder. We've had actually a lot of interrupted injuries and everything like that. So players are going in and out of the side. Clark's been elevated. Uh, we've got Langford elevated. Ridley. Uh, Guelphie's elevated. So it's not so much a case of we've, all our kids are just constantly shining. There's back and forth. And Dan Jordan's done a very, very good job um, coaching the VFL squad. Kudos to my good friend Paul Cousins, <laughs> uh, VFL president. I feel like the, that, the whole VFL department's going really well. Uh, so third on the ladder, can't ask for much more. Uh, well done, boys. Uh, they play Box Hill next weekend. So if you if you're living anywhere near the Box Hill area, Mate, go check out the plays. The they, VFL the VFL guys are great. They're, yeah. they're, like you said, I'm, I'm going with you too, Scott. I'm giving like a 9 out of 10. You can't ask for much more than the VFL boys. I think yeah. Wusher as a, as a feeder into the AFL um, competition, yeah. VFL is going brilliantly. Congratulations to Dan Jordan yeah. and the guys for putting up consistent effort each week. It's what we want to see. And look, just last line, the key for me to a good VFL program is how do they perform when they are elevated? So if you're looking at Mason Redman, Jordan Ridley's first game, yep. um, that's what you want to see. You actually want to see them seamlessly 
go into the seniors as seamlessly as possible. Yeah, and and the Hawthorns and and the Sydneys are very very good at that model. Yep, where they come in and they just look like their best twenty two. And that, and this away. is the thing. So, sometimes like someone with Mason or Ridley and that sort of stuff. Maybe people have been asking for a few weeks before that. Oh, why hasn't Rid- uh, Ridley played? Why hasn't Mason played? Well, you know why? Because they're really giving them an opportunity to show they deserve to be at AFL level. So they don't just get two or three games in a row that they do really well, come into the, the AFL and be shown up for potentially not being ready. I think the VFL guys and the AFL, the AFL team is really looking to see the consistency of being better than AFL, VFL level, sorry, yep. so that they can step up into the AFL level. So your final three, to wrap it up. All right, to wrap this um, podcast up this week, the double episode uh, this week, for, because there's no bombers, <laughs> um, the double yes, episode We podcast. almost needed three. We almost needed three series, like an hour and a bit for the second one. Um, my most sort of, the, the things that have, have, have impacted on me this year the most the first one I want to go with is that the, I reckon we've gone through last year one of the biggest trade periods in Essendon's history. To pull in three AFL-ready footballers in Saad, Smith and Stringer is an enormous coup. It's an enormous coup that I don't think got enough credibility um, when it happened. For someone like um, uh, Devin Smith, who could have gone to any club he wanted to, Jakey Stringer, even though he had some off-field issues, could have gone to any club that he wanted to. Same for Adam Saad. They all picked Essendon. Clearly, we are a club of choice for those guys. And for Adrian Dodoro to be able to get all three of those blokes over the line and get them into an Essendon jumper is a massive coup, especially with how they're playing. I mean, I've got Devin Smith as the Crichton medalist at this club this year. Um, I'd rate Adam Saad closely behind in, in how the big three have performed. And look out for Jakey Stringer because he's he's starting to look like Jakey Stringer again. And I swear, Jakey Stringer, the four litres of cream that I call the man, <laughs> um, he could be, dead said he could be that little four litres of cream that put us over the top. So that's my number one. Again, 30-foot statue to Adrian Dodoro out the front of Tullamarine. <laughs> I will fund it. Um, number two. Um, the overall improvement of our midfield. For me, the start of the year, I, I don't know what to call it. I don't know what you call the first half of, of season 2018 for our midfield, but it wasn't our midfield. It was weird. It was no one knew what the hell was going on. But since then, Heppel, Smith, um, Zeret, Stringer, um, all of those guys, Darcy, I mean, I'm, I'm not putting Darcy too far behind it as well, but all of those guys through the midfield now, if you look at the statistics, and I know it's reasonably sort of propeller head nerdy, but go and check out the statistics on the Essendon Footy Club uh, website or the AFL.com website and have a look at the contested possessions, the clearances, the hardball gets. Our, our midfield is winning. When you see Zach with 30 possessions and you see Hep with 28 and you see Smith with 25 and you see Zaharakis, and, and I can't forget Zaharakis, you see Zaharakis with 20-some-odd as well. Our club looks totally different. And to see Heppel stand up, Smith just slide in like he's been playing with Essendon for 20 years um, is the other big thing for me. An improvement of our midfield is is everything. We needed to improve, and we are. Um, the third one for me, and this is where we don't want to end on a bit of a, a bit of a downer. Maybe <laughs> should have stopped it. We probably should have had a bit of a downer. Uh, but um, Jaden Laverde, uh, mate, I'm a humongous Jaden Laverde fan. I think he's... He's got the ability to be a very influential player at our club. Is he going to win a Brownlow? No, but he's going to absolutely be a hugely influential player and dangerous for other clubs because of his mobility, because of his his athleticism. Okay, um, his kicking is not real special at the moment, but this is why they have coaches and this is why he has time in front of goals. 
I just think, and I, please don't take this the wrong way, Essendon Footy Club, but I don't think we're using Jaden Laverde to the extent that we could use the man. I think there is a hugely influential AFL footballer there, and I just don't think that we're getting the most out of him. Do what we've done to Langers. I think he will absolutely benefit to do uh, for the AFL, sorry, the AFL Essendon to do to him what we've done with Langers. Settle. Give him settled. That's it. Settle him in a in a position and leave him there for six weeks. Like I said, if we lose a few more games and finals are absolutely out of the um, question, then do it. Chuck him in a forward flank and ask him to perform for six straight weeks. And then be honest with him and say, mate, at the end of those six weeks, we will see whether or not you deserve a seventh week, right? Or fifth and see whether or not you deserve a sixth. So that one for me, I want to pump it back up. Jaden Laverde, you're a legend. Um, I sincerely <laughs> hope you listen to this podcast. He um, likes you. I can give him that. Hey, good. So, I mean, between uh, between you and the Zerk, I think there are two incredible players now. But I just I just hope that we really, really figure out what we're going to do with Jaden and he becomes the kind of player that we drafted him to be um, because I think there's a massive player there. Well, I think we're almost at the... I think at, a, at an hour and ten, Scotty, I think we're done. There's not um, much else to cover. No. Hey, again, just want to... I humbly say thanks for your support uh, for the podcast. Our numbers just keep growing and growing. It's a little bit insane. I know, it's great. But, um, we're just really appreciative. Um, look, I know Ralphie uh, at the Herdy and Croft podcast has been really supportive of the show and, and retweeting every time I put out the show now. So I just wanted to do a special thanks to Ralphie. Um, really genuine, nice guy. And we've been communicating, just DMing, DMing on the on the Twitter yeah, I just wanted a, just a bit of a shout out. Go, go thank, thanks for your, thanks for all the support. And I mean, not that this is going to be hugely influential to their numbers, but go and check out the Herdy and Croft podcast with Ralphie because it's a, it is two incredibly intelligent AFL people. I mean, we love um, Herdy to absolute death. <laughs> and Ralphie. And Ralphie. <laughs> yes. Sorry. <laughs> three incredibly. Intelligent. Yeah, absolutely. And Ralphie. Hey, Ralphie. Love you, mate. But um, no, I mean, you've got those, you've got those three blokes over there that uh, it's an incredible podcast. Go and have a listen. And I suppose that's going to increase their <laughs> listenership by a hell of a lot. By two. By two people. Uh, no, but that's no, no. We're, 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 Go and check we're those doing out. We're well ourselves. But um, look- quick one, just before me, just want to say one quick thing to the, um, I know this is this is exactly nothing to do with the Essendon Footy Club, but all the best again to, um, to Theo Thistling, who's currently halfway up a mountain in America somewhere. Um, the man's punching out massive miles on the Appalachian Trail at the moment. And for me, just sitting at home, watching him uh, gr- grind out those miles and watching him on YouTube, go and check him out on his YouTube channel if you want to see a bloke that's an Aussie that's over on the Appalachian Trail walking from Georgia to Maine. Um, he's a funny bloke as well. He's a Collingwood supporter. Don't hold that against him. But um, a big shout out to Theo. Keep it up, mate. And um, I'm going to dead set see you on the top of that mountain. Okay, well, we'll wrap that up. Thanks for everyone. Uh, you can always subscribe to our channels on SoundCloud and iTunes yep. or write to us at lunchtimecatchup at gmail.com. That's the one. You can Probably a better place to get us also too is the is our Facebook page. Come and check us out on uh, yeah. the Lunchtime Catchup podcast on the Facebook it's page. Open, it's open to the public now. You can join at any time. Yep, beauty. Come and in and have a look. Just info. search for that. Um, you can get hold of Scotty and I. If there's anything you want to hear on the podcast, we can absolutely include it. So we hope you've enjoyed this uh, this double episode weekend of the Lunchtime Catch-Up podcast. And I'm off to Queensland for six days. Scotty's so. off to Queensland for six days. That's great. So we'll be here in the cold. But um, thanks, everybody, for listening, and we will see you next week. Catch you, everyone. Bye.